0: Hey, Bible Y'all. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, January 27th. Happy Thomas Crapper Day, who did not invent the thing you think I'm talking about. That was a dude named John. No, really, John Harrington in 1596. But Crapper did make some improvements to it, which helped to make it more popular which got everybody to start using it. And for that, I personally will be forever grateful. Frankly, I'm surprised it took so long to get that train out the station. Wouldn't think it'd be that hard to sell. Believe it or not, while his gizmos are called that because of his name, mostly cause he put giant brass plates with his name on them right across the front of each one, the reason his gadgets exist was already called what it's called long before he came along. The word originally came from the middle Dutch word crappa, which means anything cut off or separated, which is a bit on the nose, but hey, I get it. Also, believe it or not, Crapper's company's still in business and makes some really, really nice, if prohibitively expensive stuff. Go to thomas-crapper.com and check it out. It'll blow your mind. It never even occurred to me that I needed a $2,700 dual fuel heated towel rail But I do, and now I know where to get one. His stuff is the height of elitist British elegance, and their product lines have names like Viceroy and Marlborough. And my five minutes of research for this bit was mostly just me looking at a bunch more pictures of stuff I'll never have. I'm telling you, old Tom really is number one in the number two business, and you can pick up his biography for two bucks from Amazon. It's called Flushed With Pride, The Story of Thomas Crapper, and yes, I already have my own copy. Guess where I keep it. Our reading for today is Exodus 4:1 through 5:21, Matthew 18:1 through 20, Psalm 22:19 through 31, and Proverbs 5:15 through 21. So if y'all are ready, I was trying to be polite, but if y'all still ain't figured out what this was all about yet, email me. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 26th, in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 2.11-3.22. through 3, So Moses grows up and he lives like a prince in Egypt, which it doesn't say here, but he does. He goes out walking one day and spots an Egyptian beaten up on a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And there's your first indication that he knew who he was. So Moses impetuously kills the Egyptian and hides his body in the sand. The very next day, he goes out again and sees two Hebrews fighting. And impetuously, he gets between them and tries to break them up. And instead of them being grateful and loving on him and saying, Gosh, you're such a great person, Moses. They're like, Who do you think you are acting like some kind of judge over us? You going to kill us like you did that Egyptian yesterday? And that freaks Moses out because he didn't think anybody knew about that. Turns out the only one who thought it was a secret was him. And I don't care if he was special favored by Pharaoh's daughter, he's still a Jew. And being raised in the palace, don't give him the right to kill Egyptians. And he was right, because Pharaoh did want to kill him. So Moses impetuously flees to Midian, over on the Arabian Peninsula by the Red Sea. And he sits down by a well and up walks the seven daughters of the priest of Midian. And I'm starting to see a pattern of Jewish men meeting important women by the well. Yeah. They were there to draw water for their father's sheep. But there were these other shepherds there who were harassing them, So Moses, who just has to involve himself in everything, stands <laughs> up for him and helps them water their flock. Which means the girls got home early, which their father, Rayuel, noticed and is like, why y'all home so early? And Reuel was not actually their father. Jethro was their father. Rayuel was probably their grandfather, which was considered to be a form of their father. So it counts. And the girls told him all about this Moses guy that helped him out. So Reuel invites him over for dinner, and long story short, he moves in and marries his daughter Zipporah and has a son named Gershom, which means a stranger there. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And they all lived happily ever after, until Pharaoh died. And God decided it was time to free the Jews from slavery in Egypt and to make good on his promised land deal he made with Abraham. So in chapter 3, we find Moses living happily as a sheep herder for his father-in-law Jethro. And he took Jethro's flock to the other side of the desert, read that, the middle of nowhere, and came to the mountain of God, which is called Horeb. And Mount Horeb is also Mount Sinai. One's more of a region name, and the other's more of a specific name. And he looks over, and he sees this bush that's on fire, which is no big deal. That kind of thing happens in the desert. But this bush was burning and not being consumed, which is less common. (laughs) So he goes over to investigate, and the voice of God calls out to him from the burning bush and tells him to take off his shoes because he's on hallowed ground. And that almost never happens. <laughs> yeah. So Moses is like, what can I do for you? And God's like, well, for starters, you can go free my people from bondage in Egypt. And after you finish that, bring them to the promised land. And Moses is like, well, you don't ask for much, do you? <laughs> Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? He ain't going to listen to me. And God says, don't worry, I'm going to go with you. Tell them the I am that I am sent you. I'm the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's the name I go by. I am. And this is how it's going to go. You and some of the elders will go to Pharaoh and tell him, I said to let y'all go three days journey into the wilderness to worship and sacrifice to me. And Moses is like, that's it? He's just going to roll over? And God's like, oh no, not remotely. Remember a second ago when you said, who am I to speak to Pharaoh? Well, you're right. He's not about to listen to you. But when he turns you down, I'm going to lay a beat down on him and the rest of Egypt like ain't nobody ever seen. And before it's over, they're going to pay you to leave. (laughs) Yep. And that's where we stopped reading.
1: Now, that's a plain speaking narrative. You should write a paraphrase of the Bible.
0: Well, we kind of are.
1: So the burning bush got Moses's attention. And when God called him, he had a lot of questions. Now, as a young man, he didn't need information to get involved. Yet speaking with God, getting told to do what he wanted to do as a young man, he isn't being impetuous at all. Now God can use him. Natural advantages mean nothing to God, but certainly can
0: confuse us. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew seventeen ten through 27. And Peter, James, and John had just witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus, and they saw Moses and Elijah. But they disappeared, and this confused the disciples. And they asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come, if he ain't going to stick around? And Jesus says, Well, he already did, but nobody recognized him, and they killed him for it, just like they're going to kill me pretty soon. Then the disciples understood that he spake of John the Baptist, which he had already explained to them once before. So they get back down the mountain, and a guy comes up and asks for healing for his demon-possessed lunatic son because apparently the disciples had tried to cast out his demon and couldn't do it, even though Jesus had earlier given them that authority and sent them out to do just that kind of thing. And Jesus is very disappointed in the disciples for being so faithless, and he casts out the demon. So they pull him aside and ask, how come we couldn't do that? And he says, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to remove hence to yonder place, and it'll get to getting a little bit of faith, plus zero unbelief, which is very important to the equation, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. But, this particular kind of demon only goes out by fasting and prayer. Okay, so there's different kinds of demons? That's something I'd like to know more about. But, I guess we're only told what we need to know. And he tells them again that the Son of Man's gonna be betrayed into the hands of men and they're gonna kill him. Cause you gotta tell them things over and over. Then they go to Capernaum where Peter lived, And the guys in charge of collecting donations for the temple expenses said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And Peter's like, Of course he does. Which he shouldn't have said, because Jesus gives him a little speech. And the gist of that is, none of these little kings of the world ever collect tribute money from their own children. So when the temple priests insist on tribute from you, that pretty much means you're not part of their family. And this is not to be confused with tithes and offerings. Tribute is a different thing. But Jesus is like, We don't want to offend them, though. So here's what you do. Go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take that, and give unto them for me and thee. And that's as far as we read.
1: Jesus told the disciples it was because of their lack of faith, their lack of confidence in God, that they couldn't cast out the demon. The disciples had authority and experience in the matter, but submitted to their senses, and lost confidence in God. They expected something not based on faith, maybe their last experience. And it was different this time. And praying and fasting
0: deals with unbelief. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 22, 1-18. through 18. And read this one very carefully and Google some articles about it, because this one was written from the point of view of Christ on the cross. About a thousand years ahead of time, and about 400 years before crucifixion was even invented by the Persians. Jesus even quotes verse 1 while hanging up there. He says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And verse 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God inhabits praise. I don't know what that means, but it sounds mind-boggling. Sounds awesome. He says, All they that see me laugh me to scorn, saying he trusted on the Lord. Let him deliver him, which is exactly what they said at the crucifixion. He makes reference to his bones being out of joint and says they pierced my hands and my feet, which is 100% accurate. He says they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture, which also happened exactly that way. And this psalm is starting to get a little spooky, but that's as far as we read.
1: And this is a psalm of David. He had some revelation of what Christ would suffer.
0: And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 5, 7 through 14, and he's still talking about the strange woman which I think is a metaphor for false or occult knowledge, because he uses a woman to represent a wisdom. And the gist is, steer clear of the strange woman or you'll lose everything, up to and including thy years to the cruel, which sounds terrifying. And then you'll be sorry, and say, how have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof.
1: Yeah, we can't afford to be seduced by flattery. And don't go near where that hangs out.
0: But that's the end of our review, A Yesterday's Study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for January 27th is Exodus 4, 1 through 5:21. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, Neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech, and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Chapter 5 And afterward Moses and Aaron went in, and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works? Get you unto your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and ye make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people, and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick, as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and the tail of the bricks which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle." Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let there more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. And the taskmasters of the people went out, and their officers, and they spake to the people, saying, Thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get you straw where ye can find it. Yet not aught of your work shall be diminished. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters hasted them, saying, Fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there was straw. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten, and demanded, Wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick, both yesterday and today, as heretofore? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants, and they say to us, Make brick. And behold, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is in thine own people. But he said, Ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore ye say, Let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work, for there shall no straw be given you, yet shall you deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, Ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge, because ye have made our savor to be a board in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. Our reading in the New Testament for January 27th is Matthew 18:1 through 20. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt, or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye, rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And our reading in Psalms for January 27th is Psalm twenty two nineteen 19-31. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob glorify him, and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him, it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. And our reading in Proverbs for January 27th is Proverbs five fifteen 15-21. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman, and embrace the bosom of a stranger? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. And that's it for the 27th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Jeremiah 9, 2, which says, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them for they be all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate for a little while with me on loving our enemies, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, we call Jeremiah the weeping prophet because he cried and grieved over his unrepentant people. Still today, Being surrounded by a wicked world that hates us for no other reason than we are your children fills us with anguish, with dread for the trials they inflict on us, but mostly compassion for what we know is in store for those that reject you. Father, teach us to love our enemies, to see them from your eternal perspective, and to forgive those that persecute us, that we may be part of their salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray. For me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got anything you want us to pray for you about, email me at BibleY'allPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to make things any better, could you just not make them any worse? Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.
1: And God that kept them from casting out the demon. So go. No, 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 no.